Hello and welcome to the Genius Move Audio Academy podcast. My name is Paul Brewer. In today's episode, we have session bass player James Blennerhassett, known by all as The Blame. When I asked The Blend to pop over, I expected a fair old chat, but I wasn't prepared for the five odd hours of recording we got. Those recordings will make a fine set of podcasts telling his fascinating tale from the first gigging roast as a 14-year-old to the current touring commitments with Derek Ryan and all in between. Believe me when I say it's a belter of a story. We started off slightly more focused and concentrated on the recording of the bass. I expected Blend to bring loads of basses when he told me he had his rig in the car. That wasn't really the case that we should discover. After setting it all up at Genius Move Studio, we just started chatting. The way things have gone really with, with gear now is that everything is on in ears nowadays. You know, oh, right, there's okay. very little backline. Right. And I mean, with, currently with Derek Ryan, there's no backline at all. So if you want to create a sound and not be at the mercy of a sound man, you have to buy yourself a floor box or a preamp that you can, that you can set up the sound that you want to hear, both in your ears and out front. So, I mean, normally I, I use this Zoom B6, which is Zoom's latest bass thing, designed in conjunction with uh, some of the top jazz geezers like Chick Corea's, I can't remember his name, and Patatucci and these boys. Is that acknowledging the fact that Backline isn't part of the show anymore? Yeah, it really is. It's, right. it's given people an opportunity. Like there, are, there are proper switches on it as well. Oh, yeah, proper switches. I mean, there's got there's four modelled DIs out of it. One of them, the one I'm using is a Demeter model, um, which is a tube. It's two solid states, two tubes. You can there's a load of amps in there. If you want to go down the, for particularly for the proggy guys, there's loads of overdriven SVTs and Glockenklang okay. and all sorts of things. You know, there's loads of loads of esoteric stuff as Mark Bass modeled Mark Bay. I don't personally use the preamp in it anymore. I just use the the effects, and I take then the DI is fat enough without having to. And if your instrument is good, if you give it out, what you get out of your instrument shouldn't need to EQ they say they say the best EQ is the one where you just dip stuff rather than push them if it's a problem take it out you might have to obviously push stuff for certain effects and stuff but so I try and I go with the the thing that it, it should the bass should be good enough to sound flat on its own I mean that bass is flat there there's nothing wrong with that sound right you know I mean that's a let's actually let's, let's just go back a, a step and Let's talk about the instrument first. Okay. I mean, from my point of view, it's not a particularly gorgeous one. No, it's not. It's <laughs> ugly. Well, the other choice was blue, and I didn't like the idea of the blue one because it had um, Nordstrand pickups on it, which are very high output uh, for metal type. Yeah, I like the Bartolinis. They're right. a bit more old-fashioned sounding, you know, and I run the bass passive anyway. There's a, there's a very good active circuit in it, you know, with sweepable mids and all that stuff. But to me, that just makes, you know, unless you have a problem again, you want to get rid of, I don't ever use it. So by the blend control, you should be able to get any sound you want out of the instrument. I notice it has five strings as well. They do. Low B, essential in modern music, because you're competing with synths a lot of the time. It also makes your life easier. Any music, really. I mean, I do have quite a few four string basses. But for instance, now, if you're playing in the key of E flat, you know, which a lot of jazz stuff is in E flat, if you're a normal okay, bass. Yes. You don't have an E flat, you have an yes. E. Where on this you've got your E flat, key of D. Right. So I mean you've got two octaves at your fingertips there. Without, without really changing, only shifting once. Right, 
okay. see the same you know is the five string electric your instrument now yeah it would okay. be how long's that been going on then it's been going on since I first met Artie McGlynn you know I had a Yamaha I still have it a TRB6 yes indeed the first neck through six strings yeah that John Patitucci is yeah, yeah. Is famously and um, that was that was on loads and loads of records and his Artie encouraged me to go down that route because to get the low things the low notes right okay and there was just there was one particular tune of his on the Causeway album and the the bass had to do it just went boom, boom, boom. and I needed the low string for that and down detuning de only works to a certain extent you can detune one step down to a D or something your E string but if you want to get down to the real low stuff they just sound flappy yes yeah indeed. once you take the tension off the string and that's the reason for fan frets because they give you an extra scale length on the bottom and they shorten it at the top so you get an equal temper but it means that your bottom sinks are tight. So, could you argue that the strings are similarly stretched and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's fitting into, it's focusing? Yeah, they say that, that they give it a similar tension across all the strings by right, using okay. fan frets. I mean, Novak fan frets, it's, I mean, it's tried and tested, it's work, it works. And you can really hear, again, if you listen to more metal-based bands or prog, that really comes out in that where they're digging in with plectrums and stuff and they want that, all that low stuff going on. But I mean, in any music, the low string's a great thing to have. Even if you're doing a ballad like, you know, and you just want to finish on a low E-flat or something. I mean, it's this pure... Um, and it's so much nicer than going back to... Yeah, Right, okay. So it's, it's just, it, it's more of a natural. It is, yeah. Right. It also allows you to play more horizontally across the instrument. So, because you know what the sound changes as you go up the neck. So, I mean, if you play in a B flat, for instance, on, on your, on your. Now you play B flat up here. How much fatter it is than here, which is. So, but again, sometimes you want that sound. Sometimes you want the fatter stuff. If you're doing, you know, uh, sometimes the B flats just sound nicer in the middle. So really, our, our idea of what a bass is over the years has been kind of wrong insofar as that's too many, too many compromises made yeah. to fit it into an instrument that like that. Yeah, to get it so short, an instrument like. Yeah. I think there has been enough. And Fender tried it years ago. They made a bass six, remember, years yeah, ago. Yeah, But it was more a baritone guitar. Absolutely, yeah. The reason for the five string for me is that it just allows me more of a facility, particularly recording, and where you have to be so precise. Yeah. You can't be sloppy in a recording, you know, you can't be buzzing and farting all over the place. So it, the, the strings will all respond the same as well? They do, yeah. Right, okay. It means when you play back a track, you need very little compression, if any, particularly with the dingwalls. Um, they're so, in fact, I'll put one of those on. I'll just mute that a sec. These, um, these, these are created by a guy called Sheldon Dingwall in Canada. And uh, it's an extremely long waiting list if you want to buy one of them. They're very light. This one particularly is light. Swamp ash body. Is it a coincidental that it's kind of the same shape as that one? It's a uh, well, it's prettier, I think, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, like overall, it's, it's is that is the Ibanez based on a? 
The Ibanez is shorter the, in scale. Is it based on the overall shape? Yeah, it I probably is. Yeah, it's pretty. But it, the Ibanez is shorter as... And lighter as well. Yeah, right? lighter. It's two inches shorter. Um, you just... You, the, the difference in these, I suppose, that they're, they're beautifully made and the Leland Slar has his own signature model of these. I should mention that James is tuning now. So. I'm tuning now. Yes. No, I'm not. No, he's not. So... These, this is a passive instrument as well. I like the sound of passive instruments. I just like that organic, that old. I'm not looking. I'm not a slapper. So yeah. I, I don't really. I don't really do any of that stuff. So it's um. I don't want that sound. I want. I want an old sound. I mean, that just sounds like a lovely precision, you know, right. to me. You know. So is that is that in this particular instance? Is this a perfected precision? I think so. They wind one of the pickups like a P bass. They, I mean, they do. They actually do a P bass of their own, a replica, which is slightly shorter than this. And I'm, I'm thinking to get one of them. And they, they, they're passive, and they just sound amazing. They sound, and it's, it's just sounds like a really, really good P bass. You know, that's, I, that's interesting now. Yeah, yeah. I know the diehards will always say, "Oh, you can't beat the '60s bass or whatever." Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think. Bases have progressed, you know. Yeah. Timbers have progressed. Absolutely. And also recording has progressed. Exactly. I discovered one record there that, that came on and it went, it went down to 25 hertz. Wow. Recorded version. Really? Yeah. And that was just, you know. I know. I don't know what this bass goes down to. 30 hertz, I suppose, the B is, isn't it? Uh, Probably about 30. <coughs> yeah, I think it's 31, actually. But yeah. But it's very, you can hear that. That's, that B note is as clear. There's no. As clear as the E and A. Yeah, it tells you. That's interesting, though, because this is all. And they're perfectly balanced. Yeah. Across all the volume is the same. Across yeah. all the strings. And that's the fan fets, I, I believe. This was me thinking that it was just all you guys poncing around. Posing. These, posing with these electric basses. But there actually is reason. Well, there is. There's not too many fellas using these. They're all scared of them in the country scene. Anyway. They're looking at you. Going like, but it, it actually makes sense. And I keep saying, let's just try one because you will actually never go back to a, a regular bass if you play one of these things. And do Fender make? No. Okay. They don't. There's not that many of them. Some of the exotic European bass makers like Marsuzik make them and stuff. Dingwell would be the best known in, in multi-scale basses. And Ibn is bass workshop. They're very fond of them as well. Got a good players playing them. But That's really interesting now in, in terms of that every bass note you will play will be the same. Yeah. So it, it really, it means that when you go and you're going to stick your compression across the track, you find, I actually don't need this or very little of. You find a little bit of parallel compression maybe just but you'd find that you're not losing your bottom string anymore. It's not yeah. getting lost in the mud, you know, especially when you put it next to a kick drum and stuff. You find you're not, there's no, never, there's very rarely an issue with these basses when you're, when you have a kick drum in the same sound space. They'll, they'll sit together much better. I don't, I find I'm not shuffling the EQ around as much, trying to make space for the, the bass on, the, you know, with the kick drum. It works similar to how a sample yes. would work. Yeah, it does. Within, within a track, yeah. That's yeah. interesting now, yeah. So and it, it doesn't then, and the, the and it's just somebody made a very interesting comment the other day. We were doing a jazz gig in Belfast with an, or, an organ, Gwyndad, and the 
the, this guy who was running the gig, who's a really accomplished piano and organ player, Scott Flanagan, came up to me and says, you know, says the electric bass was the perfect choice for this gig because it doesn't get lost in the bottom end of the organ. Of course, yes. Because it's much, is. the sound is much more focused. Yes, it is. Whereas if I was playing an upright bass, yeah, if I was playing an upright bass, he says you'd lose a lot of the detail because the, the upright bass, the sound blooms in it. Oh, yes, oh. indeed. And, Whereas and that and this is, wow. I mean, there's no hiding that. And he, he said it was the right choice because you could really hear everything. You could hear all the detail that you might have been struggling to hear otherwise. And how, how big a place was this? Probably hold maybe 100, 100, 150 maybe max. Right. So to my mind, that says a relatively small space. Yeah. That the double bass will actually react with because of the measurements. Yes. Yeah. You know, it it maybe have a frequency at around 100 hertz where it's just boosted. Yeah. In the room. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's not the case with this. No, it's not really. I've never really heard any. There's there's the occasional play dance hall. (laughs) Uh, and where you get rogue notes, like the Ab- uh, the Allingham and Bundorn is classic. It's is A flat, A flat. Always an A flat. Right. Always that note. And is it just? It, it's is just it, the room. Right. And, and, and you know, is it the width or the, like? I, I it, don't it's know. usually the uh, the, the height. Open, yes. It's a very low ceiling. Right. There you have it. A long room with a very low ceiling. The first thing I used to do when we were setting up the PA for our our pub band was that I'd find ah there's the note. And I just notch it in the overall PA, so it wasn't contributing. That no, note. well, that's what Gareth has to do. He has to notch. He knows there to notch that. And there's another room we do, which is an F sharp, is like appalling. <laughs> it's just seriously appalling. Like, and you just have to notch it out. But then in the next night, you wouldn't know there'd be nothing, you know. Yeah. So I mean, but so you have to have that knowledge. That I can shout down, and I'll tell him exactly what note is given Jip, you know. And especially when you're playing with a piano who's doing left hand up and down, you know, in country music, that's what can be really become a problem, compounding the issue, yeah. you know, so it's it's important. And that's, again, like they all said, that these bases, they cut through much better. The more I'm understanding of it, the more I can see why. Yeah, they do. It's a bit of a stretch now, but, you know, you get used to it. You just have the two bases with you today. Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, I was expecting, but I thought you might bring a couple of fenders. Yeah. No. A, a, a Mustang, or, or not a Mustang, a... Um, P-Bass or a Jazz Bass. Yeah, well, what's, what's the one, the, the active one? Music Man. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, yeah, he'll, he'll turn up with all these and have them all ready for recording. No. But really? I've kind of abandoned all those now. Yeah, but that but can you essentially do that? Yes. Right, okay. Because if I switch this, that takes the, like, a Music Man. I don't know whether it's series or parallel, I can't remember. But it does give you that... Very music man, they can do the complete P bass on that pickup alone, you know. Right. And it's or you can do the J bass further, further, you know, it gives you that whole J bass back, uh, back pickup thing, you know. You know, it's, it's amazing, it's passive, like there's no, it's just there's no electronics in it. That is amazing. It's just cleverly, cleverly, pickups are cleverly wound, I'd say. So in terms of you performing on a, when you're recording, it's basically the one instrument for a start. Yeah. And do you just sort of tune it to the track, is that? Yeah, I do. I, 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 depending like, on what's required. Like. Yeah, depending on what's required. If you're doing a country 
stuff, it'll be the, the J bass. Right. Like, you know, and that cuts through, that sits very nicely in a track. If I'm doing anything that's funky, I'll use the Music Man type setting, you know, so it'll be really, it'll midi and really long. And then if I'm doing anything like real extreme stuff, I'd be on the, probably on the back pickup, you know, with the, all the treble, most of the treble wound off. You've got, you know, it's all there. Right, so, so I was thinking this chat we were going to have would take us an hour to cover everything, but everything is kind of covered. It's kind of covered on this, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got a thing here, I mean, if I'm doing a lot of the time with the Derek thing, I'll use, I mean, which is an 80s thing. But it's it's just bloody great on the on that when you you know when he, when he's rocking out like if I'm doing them, um, you know I mean yeah you can kick in kick in a dark glass overdrive. You know you don't hear the overdrive in the front, but you know it's pushing and it's louder than the regular bass. But when you kick those buttons in, the bloody bass just it catapults. Right. The the catapults the track into another space. Without getting lost, I mean it's I have the real dark glass preamps, you know. But that's that's just a model one, like and. And how close do you think it is, or? Oh, it's damn good, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, the biggest letdown is the octave. Okay. You know, I mean, I have the I have the Boss OC twos, you know, the which are still the best octave pedals. Right. Because they don't go too quick on you. Yeah. This now you have to be very precise and short. Here, oh, there. Yes, yeah. yeah. Once it starts getting long. can't be long with it but it's good if you're doing it if you're just doing you know it works perfectly for that sort of stuff what, what did you say the bass amp is again oh that's a Phil Jones Phil Jones so that is essentially just being used as a monitor then is it yeah it's just that's a 300 watt power amp and six five inch speakers and it's it's just a monitor that's all and I just like the sound of them I have another as I say I have another part of that which I would use for double bass which is smaller and it's got two speakers pointing out front, two pointing straight up. So oh, you, you can use, hear So you can hear what you're doing. All oh, right, so it, it's, it's a, a great bit, idea. Like. It's, it's kind of an amp and a monitor building. Yeah, it is really. Yeah. But I tend to use this on its own most of the time. And, and that's I, just really for stage monitoring. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a big SWR 212 that you couldn't lift, these two fellas to lift it. Yeah. I have another 210 that you didn't, like you'd break your back lifting it. Yeah. I have an amp big SV10 SVT 8x10 and a, a company head sitting in my mother's garage at home Where it will which will, ne- it will remain, never be used again. <laughs> right, okay. You need a crew, two fellas just to lift the head. <laughs> and it sounds amazing. Yeah. But it doesn't sound better. No, it doesn't sound better. It sounds great and it looks incredible. Yeah. But I mean, who's going to lift it? Yeah. You know, not me. This has to all go into a Honda Civic. Yeah. You know, and and I'm I'm happy with that. And even, even stuff like if I have to do some of his uh, even starts of slow stuff with what am I you know man you know I can do that little melodic stuff in some of his slower songs where I have to feature and you do know. you play a fretless at all these days don't need to I can't you can I can do it um, but let's see where the oh yeah this one there um it's possible you know it's possible it'll never be as good as a really fretless but sure who's going to pay it who's going to 
Yeah, and then I sell it, and then the next day I get a phone call. Have you got a fretless bass? All right, okay. No. Why didn't you ring me last week? Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's why I've never kept a fretless, because it's I can do an awful lot of that stuff on a, on a Yamaha upright. You know, with the sound. Oh yes, you know. Oh, your 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 performance. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I can yeah. I can do that, but most of the time, people don't really want a fretless; they think they want a fretless until they hear it. Yeah, but right. then if you can give them the sound off that, but just you know, a little bit of a delay and stuff, it usually covers what they really want. I'd uh, borrow, I'd borrow one if I needed it. Bass technology has advanced significantly oh it has yeah I didn't even know all this stuff existed I was aware that lads had shiny bases and, oh yeah and uh, pointed in different directions and zoom and uh, other well that's quite cheap you know the zoom it's about 400 quid you can, you can buy a quad and that's probably for the switches yeah you can probably buy a quad you can buy a quad cortex it'll cost you two grand okay and what's the difference the, the quad cortex is the, the all singing and dancing modelled the latest the latest thing from neural, I think it's from the dark glass crowd, and uh, or you can buy a Kemper or the Line Six Helix. Oh yes, you know they're all they're all um, incredible alternative. They're much more expensive. I they don't have enough bass things in them for my liking. Right, they're really a guitar thing that they've chucked a couple of bass amps into. Right, okay. Whereas this was designed specifically for bass by bass players cool. who asked they asked for particular things. You know, and they're all, the, all as I say, they've all the Aguilar's and Mark bases. They're all modelled in there if you want them. So, like, you've you've surprised me with how little you've turned up with today. In terms of a session musician, which you are, yeah, you would expect a broader range of things. No. But you now have a broader range of things within the one instrument. Yeah, or two. I'd bring, I usually bring two bases. I, I'd probably usually bring, um, if they're asking, if it's an electric session, I would bring this and I'd bring an old, an old, Fender, because some people would just won't believe that this could be better. I know right. I want the real thing. Oh, so, oh, was it to just to convince them that that is? Yeah, the but then usually if you if you say nothing and just play this, they're they're happy. Right. But you bring the the Fender anyway and say, "Hey, look, got a P bass," you know, and they'll. Uh, they, but at the end of the day, I usually end up playing this and say nothing unless unless they insist, and then I'll play the the Fender for them. But I wouldn't push it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because I know this because is going to sound better on the track anyway. Yeah, but you let somebody else make that decision. They can make that decision if they want to. And I think that's, I think that's, that's fair enough. You know, some people just like the, the, the kudos of having the original there on it. It looks good. I and mean, I know guys like, does uh, Jason Duffy or Keith likes to play old precisions with flat band strings. And as does Pino Palladino, they just love them. And that's great. That that's their buzz and yeah, they can do it. I just this is what I do, and I don't I don't want to push it in anybody else. I just do it right because yeah, I yeah. like them. So that's James's way to do it. Many thanks to James for lugging in all his gear and the chatting. Do visit geniusmove.ie to find out about recording courses to suit you. Thanks for listening.